the Dynasty Football Factory and the Dynasty Football Network. Back soon, but here in spirit is James Katulis. That's Travis the Beard Rasmussen. I'm John Hogan. This is Super Flexible. The fantasy playoffs are here at last. This is what we've been working towards for the last 49 weeks. So you know what time it is. Time to start it all over again. We're talking dynasty values in anticipation of the 2018 offseason with a pop quiz on some top dynasty players. If you missed the playoffs and you're looking ahead in dynasty, we got you. Let's do it. All right, Travis, let's do our, our pop quiz for uh, going into the 2018 offseason. Um, and let's start with some true-false. We've been doing this for the last couple weeks. I'm going to let you start it off, and uh, let's let's hear your true-false. All right, we'll dive right in here. So at this point in the season, obviously, you're either in or you're out of the playoffs. So we're hope hopefully in these next two sections here we can – bring some value to people that are in it and some to people that are looking into next year already. Uh, first one up, John, true or false, DeAndre Hopkins is the dynasty wide receiver number one. This one for me is pretty easily false. It's still Odell Beckham Jr. for me. And, I mean, just based on the fact that OBJ performs consistently week in and week out when he's healthy, He's only 24 years old. It's it's still OBJ by quite a bit. What do you think? It's still OBJ. It is. It's an interesting conversation though, because he's working his way back up there, and it scares me a little bit because weren't we here a year and a half ago? Like right. So, <laughs> and then you know he had that really bummer of a year last year. And everybody just, I mean, he was trash, right? Like, nobody wanted this guy. Everybody thought he was a bust. He had an outlier season. He's really not that good. And then now we're back up here talking. I mean, I'm guilty of it myself. I've got him at wide receiver three. But it really, it's an interesting situation because he's he's showing it again. But, yeah, I mean, I guess do we just blame Brock Osweiler? Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it does seem like he's very dependent on who the quarterback is. Although, I mean, he's performing well with Tom Savage. (laughs) That's what I was just going to say. Maybe it literally is just Brock Osweiler is that bad. But wait, so who do you have in between Hopkins and Beckham? Brown. Oh, okay. I still got Brown up there. You're not you're not at all concerned about the possibility of uh, Ben Roethlisberger retiring and. Who's the quarterback um, in Pittsburgh from there? You know, I I am, but I don't. Th- I'm not a. I don't know. I think Big Ben's overrated. I think we <laughs> we just lost a lot of listeners right there. But this guy, <laughs> he's not like he's not elite. You know, he's not one of these. I don't know. I I think that Brown makes Ben look good just as often, if not more often, than Ben looks Brown makes Brown look good. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the problem there is is though that I mean, we've there's historical evidence that Antonio Brown without Ben Roethlisberger is not anywhere close to the elite wide receiver that he is with Ben Roethlisberger. I would That's that's the tough part. 
I think and I would let me preface that by you. saying that, like, let me let me add to that. I mean, I think I'm I'm with you. I think that Antonio Brown is is still number two, but well, I've got him number three and Hopkins number four. I've I still think Mike Evans is number two. But interesting. Yeah, that that's just kind of the the devil's advocate side of this, though, is the fact that Antonio Brown has played without Ben Roethlisberger and done nothing. See, I don't think that's true. I think I think we need to look into that because if I I, re, I seem to be remembering some game splits with uh, Landry Jones, and it was it was worse, but it was still like top twelve wide receiver numbers, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Neither of us have this stats in front of us. No, we, we don't. <laughs> in, we didn't think it was going here. We thought we were talking Hopkins, and, but we ended up being pretty close on Hopkins. Um, so yeah, without the evidence to, without the actual stats here to support this, I mean, I can say that I think that he's had some decent games with Landry Jones and um, who else? They've had other backup quarterbacks there, but he's he's had decent games but he becomes very touchdown dependent the volume isn't there um it's almost like these other quarterbacks don't trust him the way Roethlisberger does you know they're not really they just they just see a kind of short receiver with with you know pretty good speed but they don't see the ability to separate and the ability to make tough catches that Ben sees it's it's so strange but yeah without the stats to support it I guess I can't really speak too intelligently about it but trust me it's 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 been there yeah I think we definitely need to look at that because I seem to remember it being the opposite in that he had the volume but no touchdowns but I could I could be wrong (laughs) but (laughs) this is not something that we should spend too much time on because we don't have any <laughs> any stats at all <laughs> to back up either one of our arguments. It's a horrible start. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were going to ask me about Antonio Brown, John. Yeah, me either. <laughs> uh, all right. So well, anyways, just... back to Hopkins. <laughs> yeah. I think I think that I'm buying in and I have him that high because I, I really just honestly think Brock Osweiler is that bad. And yeah. that's why, if you remember, like like I said a year and a half ago, we had him up high and our mentality was, wow, look at that. 2015 he put up with, what was it, TJ Yates and Brian Hoyer and uh, I think it was whoever else was there. <laughs> there was like one or two other guys that year, right? Right. And that was his Mallet, crazy... Ryan yeah, Mallet and the guy that was backed up for Dallas. At one, I don't remember. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so he yeah that was his big season, right? So our argument for having him up that high was he's quarterback proof. Like, look what he did with all these crappy quarterbacks. There's mm-hmm. no way, you know what I mean? That was his. That was his <laughs> big thing. Was he's quarterback proof? And then Osweiler comes in, says, "Hold just, my beer." <laughs> exactly, just trashes that whole narrative, right? Yeah. And then now, we, and then we get Watson, and we're like, "Okay, now he's good again because he's got a good quarterback." Yeah, and we forgot that we had that quarterback proof moniker on him to begin with, and now it's Tom Savage. 
So now we're like, okay, now he's quarterback proof. So it's like, <laughs> which is it, you know? And I think I've just decided to believe that it was just Brock Osweiler. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so too. I'm The only reason that I've got him ranked two spots below you is because, I mean, up to four is a pretty significant jump. And I I don't like that. I don't I don't like that I dropped him so far in the first place just based on one bad season with Brock Osweiler. And I mm-hmm. but I also don't like moving him too far up, you know. This is something that we've kind of talked about a little bit and I'm sure we're going to talk about it a lot in the coming months. But I just I I don't like to overreact to one season when it comes to dynasty rankings. And I don't want to drop Mike Evans too far when he's had a banged up Jameis Winston at quarterback all season, you know, other than Ryan Fitzpatrick, who, for whatever reason, was struggling to get him the ball as well. So I don't want to drop Mike Evans just yet. I don't want to raise DeAndre Hopkins too far. I mean, he definitely belongs, you know, somewhere around the middle of the top 10. So... I, I think four is about as far as I'm willing to go in one season. And uh, without, you know, I, I would end up I would end up punishing Antonio Brown for his age or his quarterback's age. I would end up punishing Mike Evans for one season. And DeAndre Hopkins is the is the the reason that you don't overreact, you know, because right. we we just saw that. So. That that's all it is for me. Um, I just I I just don't want to to make too many major adjustments to my rankings based on one season. All right, next one: true or false? Jordan Reed Jordan Reed owners should sell low as he will never be a top five tight end again. I mean, true. Like <laughs> I don't even. I don't even have a whole lot of analysis there. I just I think that he's done. I, the the injuries are just way too much. And I mean, who's his quarterback going to be next year? You know, I really don't know. I I don't think that it's going to necessarily be anybody even as as good as Kirk Cousins, much less better. So yeah, I for me this is it's true, and I just don't have a whole lot to add. Yeah, it's, I mean, I don't really have <laughs> a whole, I think I, I agree, and only because, like, when I'm thinking about it, I don't I don't want this dude on my dynasty teams. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it comes down to. Like, I don't want to have to deal with it. Like, is the upside even there anymore? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and you're right about the QB situation, Colt McCoy, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> But yeah, I mean, he's just never. Obviously, that's that's his problem. He's never on the field, and he's got history of concussions. He's hurt so many different parts of his body. So yeah, I don't know. Long story short, I agree with you. I think that I would I would sell for whatever. I mean, would you take? I mean, I, I don't think I could do like a fourth. That's pitiful. Would you take a third for Jordan Reed? Ooh, yeah, I think I probably would. Man, it that's is. rough, though. It oh, is. That hurts. I know. I know it. It does, but it just like I mean, we're we're seeing this year with you know Cameron Brait and Ricky Seals Jones 
you know some of these guys just kind of coming out of nowhere we're seeing how easy it is to find a tight end and you know what that what that draft pick does for you is gives you another shot at you know a running back who's going to be useful to you which is extremely elusive yet the talent is all throughout the draft so you know i just i i would rather get another shot at at a running back who can help me than you know hope that jordan reed is going to stay on the field long enough to to you know to be relevant for me over the course of a full season yep and i think that's what it comes down to for me is tight ends significantly more replaceable than any other position yep. so yeah. all right aaron Rodgers is still the quarterback one overall true or false true yeah yeah, <laughs> I, think so too. I, I wasn't expecting us to agree so much on some of this stuff early on. <laughs> well, I think it's an interesting conversation because we did have um, a discussion on Twitter uh, about whether or not this is the case today. And so, I mean, there's people that don't think so. And it's definitely not consensus. I think, well, obviously me and you mm-hmm. think he is. But yeah, yeah I, just, I just don't think the whole... He's so he's so head and shoulders above everybody else. Yeah, that consistently. I'm, right, right. Every and, single week of his entire career, as long as he's healthy. Right. And um, Aaron Rodgers is thirty four, by the way. Oh, he is. Yeah. So, <laughs> dude, uh, our, our our friend Bobby on Twitter called him a thirty tw- seven year old. No, I think. We're, <laughs> yeah, shout out Bobby. <laughs> Uh, no, I think he. What he was saying was because he he was saying he he does his rankings on three year projections in Dynasty. Oh, okay. So he was thinking, is this guy going to be my QB one three years from now? I right. think right. So that was his argument on it, and he had he moved Russell, Russell Wilson ahead of him, which I freaking love. But I told him, <laughs> you're no. you're a bigger man than I. Like I can't. It's still Aaron Rodgers for me, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, again, to me, that's an overreaction to one one good season. I mean, let's not get into the, the Wilson conversation right now. <laughs> yeah, we it, don't know. <laughs> definitely, definitely. But I will say, I that Russell Wilson is doing something that he's never done before, and it allows me to project that he could do this again. The fact that we've seen it once, and to me, he. He definitely belongs pretty solidly in the top five. So, but I, yeah, it's it's just way, way, way too soon to move him ahead of Aaron Rodgers. It's not like Rodgers is coming back from a you know a major like structural injury either. It's not a torn ACL or anything. It's a bone that heals and heals just as strong as it was before, and you know he's he's gonna be back this season it's not even a season-ending injury so yeah he's he's still the best and it's not even close so let's talk some let's do some multiple choice real quick um to finish off this quiz and i'm gonna go first here Lashawn mccoy's fantasy fantasy relevance will last a one more year b two more years 
C, three or more more years, or D, three more weeks. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm going to go... Where are we at? I'm going to go with C, three plus more years. Wow. He's just... He's still so good. I don't understand. He's 29. And so you said... So the key here is fantasy relevance, right? Yeah. The, the question wasn't QB1 or RB1 or elite production or something like that. It's, he can be fantasy relevant for three years. And, I mean, maybe his 32-year-old season, he's a flex option, right? Like... I think he's one of those talents that will absolutely have a job and a and a role, a large enough role, to produce for fantasy through the end of his career. Like not I mean, not unlike Adrian Peterson, right? Like sure he's not he's not having a great year. But he's fan he's fantasy relevant. You can't say he's I mean he's not now because he's hurt, but you can't say that Adrian Peterson didn't have a fantasy relevant season, right? Like, hmm. I guess that's that's my <laughs> that's my whole thing. There's, <laughs> yeah, that one that one might come down to semantics because so Peterson he, has had what th- two two startable three weeks? maybe three yeah yeah okay three okay. out of the three out of the six he was with Arizona, but yeah. I will tell you like he won me two weeks, dude. Yeah. So to say he's not fantasy relevant is a joke, in my opinion. Like, he's mm. not good. He's not having a good year. Right. <laughs> but I guess that's, yeah, that's the whole thing is, like, I fantasy relevance is not that hard to obtain. Like, Jermaine curses fantasy relevant. Yeah. All right, maybe you, you. I think you got me on a technicality here, <laughs> because by the by the letter of this uh, of this question, T.J. Yeldon is fantasy relevant because <laughs> he's had he's had multiple barely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Yel- Yeldon's less fantasy relevant than Adrian Peterson. Yeah, by like one game. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's tough. Oh man, we just hit a slippery slope. All right, let's move on before we get <laughs> before we that one gets away from us. All right, uh, multiple choice: the running back to own in Seattle in Dynasty is A. Mike Davis, B. J. D. McKissick, C. Chris Carson, or D. C. J. Procise. And I totally left out Eddie Lacy and Thomas Rawls on purpose. On purpose, yeah. Those guys don't belong in the conversation. <laughs> it, man, this is a kind of tough one because I could definitely see Seattle, you know, drafting one of the. This draft class is going to be so deep. I could see them taking one of the, you know, one of the many uh, running backs that are going to be available to them, and depending on who they take, you know, they could. It, it could cancel out any one of these guys. You know, C.J. Procise, J.D. McKissick, those are kind of pass catchers. Mike Davis is kind of a thumper. Chris Carson's a little bit do-it-all, although, you know, he's definitely got some scat back in him. And any one of those guys is replaceable, and it would 
it would raise the value of someone else on this list. But I think I'm going to stick with Chris Carson just because of the skill set. I think he he is the feature back out of this list of guys. And, yeah, I, I think it's Chris Carson. I think that he's going to be the one who remains on this roster and, and is given you know the 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 most opportunity to uh to take the starting job regardless of who's on the roster. Yeah, so I don't I don't really want any of these guys. Um I think I don't know. They just they go through they rotate these guys in and out. We get we buy into Chris Carson cuz he's you know, he took the job and he, they were feeding him the ball, but we, we we saw that with Thomas Rawls. We saw that with Eddie Lacy. We, we're seeing that with Mike Davis now. It seems like they don't have any loyalty to any of these guys. And so I, I wouldn't be surprised if one of them is even off the team in the, you know, in the next three weeks. So I, if I want to own any of them, it's definitely Chris Carson. It hurts me that CJ Procise isn't my answer, but I think we're, I think we're finally done with that guy. All right, in a tight end premium startup, who would you draft ahead of Jimmy Graham? A. Hunter Henry, B. David Njoku, C. O.J. Howard, D. All of the above, or E. None of the above. Dang, dang I didn't even see this question until right now. I'm gonna go with none of the above, and I know you're gonna freak wow. out about that answer. I know that's not what you are gonna go with, and that's not what you thought I was gonna go with. But yeah. I just he he is an every week start that is practically guaranteed. I mean, not guaranteed. Nothing's a guarantee, but seventy five percent of the time he's going to have a good game for you. And I'll take. I mean, he's older, but he's not Jason Witten. You know, like mm-hmm. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be a starting tight end. Per, you know, producing at, at tight end one top. I mean, we're t- tight end one is nothing. That's not like a good benchmark to go off of because tight end twelve is like you don't want him, right? But yeah, t- I think he's going to be like a top seven tight end for three or four more years. So I'll take that over. I mean, this I don't know. OJ Howard, dude, David and Joku. They've both shown flashes for sure. But I don't think they're going to be every week starters next year. Hunter Henry might be. Mm-hmm. He probably he probably will be. Maybe Hunter Henry. That's the closest one. I think for sure I'd go Jimmy Graham over Njoku and Howard. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I definitely have him have uh, Henry over him um, pretty easily. And do you actually have your rankings up for an episode of this podcast? No, <laughs> no, and I also haven't updated them in two months. So, so yeah, everything is just—it's it, just in my head, in the theater of my mind. They're just scrolling, and man, it—I've had awesome. to—I've—I've well, I've definitely had to backstroke on both Jimmy Graham and Russell Wilson. And yes, you have, sir. And I, do, <laughs> and, I and I don't think that. I, I, I'm to a point now where I don't know that I could take Jimmy Graham over OJ o. Howard. I do think I think you're right about 
there's still enough of a window. And I mean, my thing with Russell Wilson right now is just the complete shift in philosophy in that offense. And Jimmy Graham became a focal point where he was kind of an afterthought. Well, and he was hurt, but, um, and the problem with my, my issue with Jordan how or with OJ Howard, I mean, I think that all of these guys are going to develop even further. I think that, you know, where it takes a year or two for wide receivers to develop, it generally takes at least a year beyond that for tight ends to develop just because they have so many assignments that they have to learn. Um, so I think, but the problem with OJ Howard is the quarterback situation. I don't trust Jameis Winston. <laughs> I don't, like, he's, I'm, he's, he, he's got the worst quarterback situation on, on this list, whoa. believe it or not. Even worse than David Njoku. Whoa. Because there's, there's no change coming at quarterback for, for the Buccaneers. They're pretty much committed to Jameis Winston, and that's not going to change anytime soon. Whereas David Njoku is going to, I mean, he's in an offense right now that's going to, Deshaun Kaiser is going to get every opportunity to grow right along with this young receiving core that includes David Njoku. But they're also going to have an opportunity to, to upgrade at quarterback if they feel like they need to. You know, they're not going to let the quarterback position hold this offense back because this is an offense that's ready to become, you know, sneaky elite to, with all those with receivers everywhere. And Man, you, you love know, Josh Gordon. <laughs> and, and Josh Gordon. <laughs> I heart Josh Gordon. Yeah, you do. So, <laughs> And because Josh Gordon is so awesome, his excellence trickles down to David Njoku. So, but I I think I still have Jimmy Graham over David Njoku, but man, is that one close. I really want to believe that David Njoku is, is on the verge of being something special. Yeah, me too. And I he was my number one out of this class. I mean, who knows? <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I just, it's proven production at this point. I will tell you, though, uh, I've, I was actually looking at it earlier, and I think that I'm a little bit worried because I think we're being blinded by Jimmy Graham's production and, because he's got a touchdown in the last four games and the three before. Like, he's got one one game in the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight that he doesn't have a touchdown in. So seven out of the eight, seven out of the last eight games he scored, and then his yardage though, look, thirty-seven, fifty-one, thirty-nine, fifty-nine, twenty-seven, fifty-eight, thirty-four, twenty-six. That's Jimmy Graham. That's Jimmy Graham this year. That's not that good. That's not good, and that's what I'm saying. <laughs> And his reception totals, he's only got one game above six catches. Yeah. And, you know, so Ugh. yeah, I don't know. Like and and we throw him in every week and he's been he's been doing it, but that's like that's my one reservation is he's super, super touchdown dependent this year. Um, but 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's... You can be dependent on him when you're scoring him every week, so... <laughs> yeah, he's got nine touchdowns in, yeah. the la- in the last eight games. Yeah. Yeah, and, man, in most cases... I mean, I, I also I think that David Njoku has a chance here to to pass him in the next few months because I I do think that he's going to get enough volume. And again, this is a tight end premium, so you know it, it's not a huge boost compared to a touchdown. Like it takes you, you know, you have to catch twelve passes to make up for that touchdown, but. Uh, I think that Najoku has an opportunity to be kind of a, a Zach Ertz type of guy, a, a high volume type of guy. But beyond that, I mean, it, just j- the fact that Jimmy Graham, it, this is going to be his role in that offense. So I don't know. Until further notice, I think that he's got to stay there, and that puts him top five in a in a startup. I think. Yeah. Probably just barely, but I don't know. The more I, the more I think about it, <laughs> oh, you're gonna bump know, like, Hunter Henry down. The smart, no, no, no. I'm, <laughs> I think I'm souring on Graham a little bit. Wow, I'm glad we just talked like, about this then. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the smart, you know, statistical move here, right? Is Jimmy Graham is a sell? Yeah. Like touchdowns are not sticky right right? like they're unpredictable and when there is a high volume like this and it's super efficient and and you know that obviously just screams regression i know everybody just loves to throw that word out there but it's true (laughs) right like nine touchdowns in eight games is not sustainable and if he has a three or four game stretch with 30 yards we're gonna be like what the hell's wrong with jimmy graham so this is so strange the side of this that we're both gonna land on here (laughs) because to me that's what the tight end position ultimately is i mean the 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 very top tier you know gronkowski Ertz, and kelsey those are high volume guys but beyond that in ingram I think could get to that to that volume spot, um, but beyond that, I mean, you're above all else. You're just you're really just looking for touchdowns from these guys, and I don't know that there's a tight end out there who's go, who's more likely to score a touchdown than Jimmy Graham. I think that 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 says something, you know. I think that's true. If if you're not going to get volume from your tight end position, if you don't have one of those top three or four guys, and you're not going to get that volume in order to take advantage of the tight end premium, then I think that you're you're right where you know seventy five percent of the dynasty world is, where you're just looking for touchdowns, and the guy who's the most likely to score you a touchdown on a weekly basis is going to be Jimmy Graham. So he's also an unrestricted free agent next year. Hmm. That could that could change <laughs> things too. Oh no. What do we do there? Yeah, because I know. Because And so that was kind of I was going to add that into my whole touchdown spiel is that combined with free agency 
maybe maybe now's the time to get rid of them. Yeah, that's and that's crazy. Like I came in on the opposite side of this because I freaking love them, and I have maybe it's we all we're all guilty of it, but. I've got him in a few leagues this year and he's been saving my butt. So maybe it's recency bias, you know, combined with like a personal experience, like putting this guy in my lineup every week and it's been so freaking solid. So that's just where my mind went was, yeah, I love Jimmy Graham, right? Like he's awesome, but I don't know. I think the more I look into it, I mean, I think Hunter Henry for sure. Now I would have above him. Yeah. And I guess it also obvious. We're we're talking too long about Jimmy Graham, but it depends also on your your startup draft strategy, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you're, I mean, there's some teams that don't care about age; they just want to win the first year. You know that whole thing. So, right. if I mean David and Joku, I don't think I'm going to be able to put in my lineup every week in 2018. So, if that's what I'm looking for in a tight end, I'm I'm going to take Jimmy Graham over him. Yeah. So I think the ultimate answer here is, just to put a bow on it from my end, I think the answer here is in a tight end premium startup, you want Jimmy Graham and one of those three guys. To me, that's the strategy. The The way Jimmy Graham, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy Graham brings the most value to your roster if you've got another guy there to kind of hedge a little bit. Yeah, but then you're taking... <clears throat> I mean, if you want Graham and Henry, you're taking two tight ends in the first six rounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want to do that. I'd probably do that in a, I in a tight end premium. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Unless it's the only tight end premium that I do that in is to start two tight ends. Mm-hmm. If it's if it's start one and it's just boosted scoring, I'm not doing that. There's still the position scarcity is still with running back and wide receiver. Yeah. So, I don't know. Anyways. Okay. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> All right. Let's, All right. Let's, let's get to some trades here on Twitter and uh, just uh, just do a little reflection on some of these. This first one is a PPR Superflex with a half point PPR, uh, with a half PPR tight end premium. The David Johnson side of this, by the way, is a lock for the playoffs, uh, but his second – his second quarterback is Joe Flacco. Gross. Best tight ends are Brent Selleck. Gross. And AJ Derby. Not sure what team he's even on anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> this, so would you trade David Johnson to upgrade your quarterback two and your tight end in this tight end premium super flex to Cam Newton and Jimmy Graham? Nope. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's silly nonsense. <laughs> you're nuts. Oh, you're nuts. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. This is going to be interesting. So, there, oh, man, this isn't even this isn't even close for me. I see. Wow. So I get it. I get why. Uh-huh. I get why he did it. Okay. He's a contender. He's he made the playoffs. Maybe not contender, but he's a lock for the playoffs. He wants to win this year. Mm-hmm. Instead of rolling out Flacco and Selleck, heck yeah, I'd rather roll out Cam and Jimmy Graham. That's obvious. Mm-hmm. But I think the sacrifice you're making and giving up David Johnson to get those two guys for this year, I think you're hurting your team long term more than you're helping it. 
We just, I mean, we talked about Jimmy Graham, and he he probably is going to help you win this year for sure. Mm-hmm. Cam Newton, we both know I'm lower on him. Cam Newton for this year, by the way. So, I mean, this week he's going to play the Minnesota Vikings. But then he's got Green Bay, the fourth worst defense against the pass, and Tampa Bay, the absolute worst against the pass. He's got an amazing schedule for the rest of this fantasy season. So, I mean, if you're if you're looking for win now, I don't think that there's a better quarterback out there than Cam Newton for the rest of this for the fantasy playoffs in 2017. Yeah, but Cam's one of those guys where he he's so random and up and down. He's just he's unreliable. He had he had twelve points against Tampa Bay in Week Eight. He had seventeen against the Jets. He had seven against Chicago. Like I don't I don't know. There's just been there's been enough like prime matchups that Cam has just bombed in to where it really just feels like Russian roulette with this guy every week. And so I don't know. I, I he's he's better than Flacco. I get it. I get why you're doing the trade. Than Flacco. Yeah, I don't even. I want nothing to do with that dude. No. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, David Johnson is still top two, three at the worst running back. So I, I don't know. It's hard because I under, I completely understand. Like this dude's been sitting in your IR slot all year. Mm-hmm. You made the playoffs. Your quarterback two sucks. Your tight end sucks. Like, yeah, use that leverage to go get two guys to help you win. I get it, but I just the value isn't enough for me to give up that to give up David Johnson. See, and for me, I've, I think I've talked about this before, but to me, running back is a year to year proposition. I don't, I, I don't really care who you have. I think that you know, w- with injuries, with ineffectiveness, with you know, just how how many negative indicators can show up for a running back based just on volume you know most positions you want volume most most wide receivers and tight ends you want them to be thrown the ball a lot with what with running backs we start talking about uh, he's getting way too much work he's getting way too many carries the risk of injury is increasing with every carry is at one point. You know, you start talking about that. So the running back position is just way too volatile. I do not put a whole lot of of stock into running backs um in Dynasty because you just don't you don't know who's going to help you on a year to year basis. I mean David Johnson it, it is certainly elite, but I mean he's had one one good season at this point, you know, uh, and even that one ended in injury. So, I, yeah, to me, I, I, for me, run the running back position is a revolving door, and you solidify the rest of it long term. So, if you can get Cam Newton in a super flex league, and you can get Jimmy Graham in a tight end premium league, you can win a championship this year. And you can have two positions set next year, whereas you don't know for sure that you what you've got with David Johnson next year. To me, you do it in a heartbeat. Nah, 
<laughs> Damn it. <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> Dude, he was... David Johnson was the... He was a top... Like, in Dynasty, even. Mm-hmm. Without point per carry, he was a top four startup pick. Yeah. Like... And I get things uh, change, but... In the Superflex, though? Probably. I mean, he shouldn't have been. Not in the Superflex startup dynasty. Like, again, I mean, you don't you don't know how many years you've got with him. And you don't know what you're getting from year to year with him. Just like any other running back. I'm. Yeah, I mean, I agree about the whole revolving door running back position. Except for... The elite of the elite, and I, I believe he's still in that group. Like, I don't think, like, him and Bell, maybe a couple others, don't belong in that revolving door conversation, in my opinion. Like, those are, those are, those guys are going to win you championships. Are they, though? I mean, uh, so Todd Gurley has to be in that conversation, right? Yeah. Todd Gurley was horrible last year, by the way. Yeah, it's Jeff Fisher. I, I, I guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess. I mean, there there are examples all over the place of, of guys that we looked at and said, oh, he's going to be. I mean, Kareem Hunt this year, you know? We, yeah. We, we thought that we had something special with Kareem Hunt, and it lasted three weeks maybe four and yeah so, but he was a rookie david johnson did it for an entire season yeah he did it at an absolute elite level like he had a bonkers season last year dude yeah yeah i mean i'm not questioning the talent what i'm questioning is what i'm saying is that there are a lot of different factors at play for running backs and we're seeing one of them this year with David Johnson, you know. If you took David Johnson early in your startup and you missed out on an opportunity to to take, you know, Antonio Brown or in a super flex, you missed out on an opportunity to get some of these some of these uh some of these high end quarterbacks. I mean, you know, it, it, it killed your season in most cases. Somehow this guy survived yeah, but that's- it. He must have drafted really well beyond that. Yeah, I mean, I get the argument, but it, I mean, you could have drafted Aaron Rodgers in that spot. You could have drafted Andrew Luck in that spot. Mm. You know, I don't. Yeah, it's 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 the NFL. Everybody gets hurt. Yeah, but running backs get hurt way more often. They have a shorter shelf life. They yeah, you know, they end up stuck in committees all the time. You know, who's who's to say? I mean, we've. We thought this at one point about Andre Ellington too, and he never, he never, ever, ever played like David Johnson did. Not even close. His rookie year, he he was a, a no, he wasn't David Johnson, but he was a running back one as a rookie, and he looked like he was going to be an elite, an elite running back. And then along comes David Johnson, and you know Andre Ellington is just old news. So. And that I mean that just happens all the time to these guys. So many of these guys just kind of disappear. 
you know cj spiller and david wilson and trent richardson you know for all of the there's 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 you know You're a crazy, handful dude. of those guys <laughs> for every Le'Veon bell and ezekiel elliott so to so you th- you don't even think david johnson's in the same tier as bell and elliott no i i've got him up there i but i wouldn't take any of those guys very early in a draft and I'd way rather have more stable assets like a quarterback I can trust, a tight end who's going to catch passes and catch touchdowns, and a tight end premium, you know, and wide receivers. Wide receivers all day. I mean, that's what we, we, we could make this trade. I would gladly take David Johnson off your hands for Cam Newton and Jimmy Graham. Yeah. So Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's the reason these trades get done, right? Yeah. It's people think differently and build their teams differently and evaluate players differently. So yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the issue is that if we make that trade, I'm going to have Cam Newton. I'm going to have Jimmy Graham. I'm going to have whoever the quarterback one is, and then I'm going to go find running backs. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna draft next year's Alvin Kamara and you know chris carson and aaron jones and jamal williams and i'm just gonna cycle through all those guys you just make it sound like you're so easy to be the one that gets the one guy like you you you're gonna be at 108 and and get alvin kamara you're gonna be the one guy that 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 looks at alvin kamara and says yeah i'm gonna draft him at 108 sure why not maybe is my point maybe but, but I've, like that's just you could argue the same thing. Like if I if I get David Johnson, I'm going to come back as a non-playoff team, right? Mm-hmm. As as a quote unquote rebuild team, I'm going to have arguably the number one running back in the league. Mm-hmm. He he was before the season, right? And and then I'm going to draft the next Deshaun Watson. I'm going to draft the next Dak Prescott. I'm going to draft the next Carson Wentz. Like you can say that about any position. My point is that you've got such a big pool of running backs throughout the course of a season who can help you win. You don't have to have David Johnson to do it. You do have to have a quarterback who's going to start week in and week out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there have been times this season where, where Tevin Coleman was a running back one. You could have Austin Eckler. You know, there's just this Yeah, but I could get list. I could get I could get Josh McCown. I could get Blaine Gabbert. I could get Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, they're out there, I guess is what I'm saying. Just as... Yeah, but there's... I I agree. There's only 32 of them at a time. At a time. And they all end up rostered. Whereas the running back position is just so fluid. Throughout the season, week to week, it changes. So it's like, I mean, obviously I'd rather have David Johnson for the entire season than, you know, this, this Frankenstein backfield of, you know, some of the guys I just listed, you know, Aaron Jones at one point and Chris Carson at one point and Austin Eckler at one point and Tevin Coleman at one point, I'd way rather have David Johnson there, but not at the, but not it, not if I have to sacrifice the positions that are going to stay solid for the entire season and from season to season. All right. We spent too long on this one. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I can tell when you get sick of arguing with me about this. <laughs> All right. Next one. We can only go back and forth so many times. <laughs> right. 
right. Last minute offer. Um, It's a 12-team super flex with a tight end premium. Do you want Des Bryant or Devontae Parker and a low low 2008 second-round pick? Projected to be late. Ooh, if it's a 2008 pick, I don't or want wait, that. Low? Does that mean early or late? A low I, second. My initial thought is late, but you're definitely right. It could equally be early. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll approach it either way. I don't but, think it matters all that much. Really? Um, I, okay, maybe you do. I uh, think. I don't know. I, and uh, dude... It's kind of stream of consciousness here. Man, I'm in your head now. <laughs> this is hard. It is. I don't... It sucks because it's like these two guys both right now have this, like, cloud above them, right? Like, mm-hmm. they've both been letdowns this year. I'll probably go Parker. Yep. That kills me. That kills me. I love Dez. I know. I know. But it's, man, it has been three years since Des Bryant was worth the uh, the value that we were putting on him. I don't, I mean, he won me a championship last year. Really? Just because he, he came through in the playoffs. Yeah. Remember that one game yeah, he, that's he, the he thing. caught? He Devontae caught two, Parker did that too. He caught two touchdowns and threw a touchdown in a in a, in a playoff game. <laughs> is, is that right? Yeah, and it's I think amazing. I think it was the championship game. I think it was week sixteen. We'll have to look that up. But <laughs> by yeah. the way, I hate it when wide receivers throw touchdowns. That's, it's so that's, fun though. You're it, it, you're a mean old meanie <laughs> if you think that's lame. That's so much fun. For, for fantasy purposes, it's like man, if you had caught that, that would have been six points. Instead, you got four points. Oh, <laughs> I got you. Yeah. I play in a lot of six-point passing touchdown leagues, too, though. Yeah. So. Yeah. To Anyways, me, we're way off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Uh, I think this is a kind of easy one, and that's why. And I think we're in agreement. Even if that's a late 2018 second, I'd rather have Parker in the pick. I just... I just don't have a whole lot of faith left in Des Bryant. All right, so this next one is one of yours, so I'm going to let you set this up. You probably have more context than I do, so I'll let you uh, throw out this trade. Yeah, so this was in one of my dynasty leagues. I was not involved in the trade, though, so I kind of just threw it in there because it's an interesting straight-up one-for-one valuation of Devin Funchess. Um, and see if he's see if he's where this trade says he is value wise. Um, so the, the contender gave up a mid to late 2018 first straight up for Devin Funchess, um, which was traded away from a rebuilding team to get that first. And it's half PPR, uh, 12 team superflex. Hmm. I mean, I like it for the contender. I don't like it for the rebuilder. Okay, so you'd take the first. Oh, no, you take Funches. Sorry. Yeah, I would, you I take, would Funches. take Funches. Yeah, I th- I mean, Funches is young enough that I think that's the type of guy you want to build around. Even more so, than you want to build around rookie picks, you know. Yeah, so what you, I mean, so you're basically saying that Devin Funches is valued 
higher than a mid 2018 first. I think so. Yeah. Straight up. Definitely higher than a mid to late. I'm mid first is probably about right, I would say. That's super interesting. Yeah. I think it's probably I think it's probably about there. I don't know. It's hard it's just hard to buy into Devin Funches like long term. Yeah. I mean we talked we talked earlier, I don't remember if it was on here or not, but about Devin Funches just be like he's just producing. I think it was off air because we were talk- was talking about if we would start him against Minnesota next week. But mm-hmm. anyways, he's been awesome. But yeah. is it is it? I don't know. I, like I, I fear that it's just largely situational. And is the talent really there? Is he this wide receiver one type of guy? Mm-hmm. And it's I don't know if I'm all the way there yet. I mean, I think that there's a reason that they were willing to trade Kelvin Benjamin. And I, I think that that reason is they they buy into Devin Funches. I think that it was kind of a matter of, you know, we talked about this last week with Corey Davis, but, I you know, you, you just have to give these guys a little more than a year to for, for it to really kind of click for them. Sometimes it still takes, you know, two full years. Funches just happened to pop in the middle of his second year. So, I mean, I think that the, the, the talent is there and it all just kind of came together. And I think this is what Devin Funches is. And hmm. But not only that, I also think that with a mid-first-round pick, you're just, you're just kind of kicking the can, you know? You're kind of resetting a little bit. You're taking a guy who you have to wait for him to turn into Devin Funches. And he could. You could definitely end up with a with a rookie who is going to be as good or better than Devin Funches, but you're a couple years away from that. Whereas you've got Devin Funches being Devin Funches right now. Yeah, I think I just like I don't know. My my thought is if if Chris Samuel didn't go on IR and if Greg Olson was still there, what would Devin Funches's value be? I think this is I think this is Devin Funches's role. Um I think he's doing exactly what he was going to do regardless of the personnel around him. And I and I think that that's going forward too. I I I also think that you get Curtis Samuel in there and all that does is open things up even for even more. I I don't think that he takes away volume from Devin Funches. I think he he actually if anything, he creates opportunities for himself and for Funches. All right, I don't know if I'm buying in yet. <laughs> One of these days, I, I'm gonna I mean, I'm gonna convince you of something. Just <laughs> it's not gonna end with. All right, I guess it's gonna be like you know what, John? You're well, we, right. You're so right. All right, let's move on to you. You are nuts. You're nuts. I did nuts. What are you nuts? You want to get nuts? Come on! Let's get nuts. You're all nuts. And first, let's recap what we did last week, and I'll let you start on this one. Oh, yeah, mine was pretty pitiful. I'm a sucker for the bounce back game. <laughs> it didn't, again, it didn't happen. Uh, I had Dak, Dak Prescott, 280 yards and three touchdowns. Um, and he ended with 102 passing yards. <laughs> uh, he so that's 
That's Joe Flacco level right there. Which we we said that by the way. We said that the 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 crazy part of this. He he also got two touchdowns. Sorry, I kind of cut you off there, but yeah, no, you're good. Yeah, we we talked about the fact that Dak Prescott throwing three touchdowns against Washington was not nuts at all. The hard part for him was going to be getting to 218 or to 280 yards. I said 218 last week too. 280 yards <laughs> and even with my my misspeak when i said 218 yards is way too much <laughs> to ask i was still right yeah it's pretty dude 102 that's horrible oh it's like brett hunley yeah <laughs> see brett hunley first game stat yeah so yeah you almost got it on the touchdowns Almost, yeah. and the sad, like the the sad slash weird thing part is, I'm actually I'm out I'm actually optimistic coming out of this game for Dak. It hmm. seemed like they got enough going. I don't know. I mean, you can't quantify this, and it could just be whatever you know hearsay BS. But yeah, it seemed like he was starting to gain some of the com- some of his confidence back. Yeah. And I think that's pretty huge. And, and he was obviously just like distraught the last couple of weeks, almost. You know, like he he wasn't there. And so, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I feel like they did enough to where, and they won, right? So I think I think that I saw him playing better in this game than I did before. He seemed more confident. So I think. He might he might be on his way back. I might have been one week early on this one, just like I was on my Alex Smith one last week. <laughs> oh man, this is never gonna end. Um, I mean, I I I think that you're right about the confidence part. I think that the the matchup is obviously there this week. They've got the New York Giants who cannot stop cannot stop the pass. The problem is. When you're talking about the Cowboys and Dak Prescott specifically, I mean, from a fantasy standpoint, standpoint, obviously you want the yards. But from a winning NFL games standpoint, the fact that they're still so effective running the ball is a good thing, and they're going to continue to harvest that as much as they possibly can. So I, I think that... the 280 yards is just going to be an unreachable star for Dak Prescott, unfortunately, at least for this season. I think he's got it in him. I just don't think it's going to happen this season, but we'll see. Yeah. And mine, I had Josh Gordon, 120 yards and two touchdowns. He actually goes for uh, four catches on 11 targets, by the way, for 84 yards, which was Still, I mean, it was nowhere close. No touchdowns. Um, But it definitely illustrates a point that there was no reason to hesitate in starting Josh Gordon in really any format. The the volume was there. Um, You know, the, the whole narrative about he has to knock off some rust, that's not what happens when you've been out on suspension, you know. Or in rehab or whatever, whatever you want to, however you want to frame it with him. 
the quote-unquote knocking off the rust, that's for sore joints from players who have been injured and unable to work out and unable to throw or run or jump or whatever. You know, that's a, that's that's where you have to worry about this stuff. But Josh Gordon has stayed in shape, and I, Josh Gordon is a, just a transcendent talent. So there was absolutely no reason to hesitate in starting him. And going forward, there is zero reason left to believe that he's going to do anything less than what he just did. Yeah, I'm not as bullish as you are. <laughs> I mean, I I mm-hmm. I think it's hard not to buy in now, just because the I mean, 11 targets is crazy. I don't know. Part of me thinks this is probably going to end up sounding really stupid next week. But part of me thinks that they really just went into the game thinking or and telling Kaiser even like telling that that was the game plan was throw this guy the damn ball. Yeah. Let's let's see what we have in Josh Gordon, right? Right. And I don't know. I just they I think they go back to spreading it out a little bit more like. Corey Coleman only got four targets. I don't think that's going to continue. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm going to start him now. I didn't start him last week. Yeah. And and I don't think that was a stupid decision. I think it was a cautious decision. And people, you know, everybody plays fantasy differently. But I, there was definitely, like, I don't know, two catches for 14 yards was within the realm of possibility last week. Mm-hmm. And... And so that's, you know, I just, I'm normally going to be the type of player that wants to just wait one week when <laughs> in a situation like that, you know? Yeah. But. Yeah, I, I, I get it. And I mean, that's definitely the safe way to go about it. It's just I, some of the, some of the rationale on Twitter in particular was extremely frustrating for me. There was a poll about <laughs> can he get over forty yards, and there was a lot. Uh, there were a lot of comments saying it, there's there's no way he comes anywhere near forty yards, and I'm just like I, uh, we're forgetting who this guy is. You know, I, I heard so many times that he hasn't played in three years. Let me start by saying that's incorrect. He played in the 2016 preseason. He played against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He had two catches for 87 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> That's what Josh Gordon does, and he can fall off the couch and do that. When he catches <laughs> passes, they're going to be for chunk yardage. So, it, you know, the the only way to keep him, to hold him to, uh, you know, to a small amount of yardage is to keep him from catching the ball, and that's not easy to do. The Los Angeles Chargers have a really good secondary, by the way, led by Casey Hayward, and they still weren't able to slow Josh Gordon down. So, yeah, I mean, going forward, you know, you you absolutely start Josh Gordon going forward. But I just, I, I guess this is another one of those times where I just wish that there was a way to, to, to start a little bit more of a conversation on on you know quote-unquote process when it comes to this stuff the idea that he needed that you know he was going to be rusty or he was going to be afraid of getting hit 
stuff like that 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 tends to be kind of a cliche more than anything you know it's just kind of something that we say and it's the the reality is josh gordon is not a guy who had any any reason not to come out and play the way he did quite frankly so and i i I don't know i just i just think that there needs to be a little bit more more thought that goes into things like this um in the future but anyways that's it for my soapbox let's talk about our (laughs) our your nuts bold predictions for this week for week 14 week 14 week 14 yeah week 14 week 14 first week of the fantasy playoffs in most formats (laughs) i'm gonna go (laughs) michael crabtree and jared cook will both have over 100 receiving yards in arrowhead wow against kansas city (laughs) wow you're who's uh, real quick who's throwing them the football Derek carr yeah you're nuts (laughs) <laughs> Derek Carr doesn't have 200 yards in him anymore oh, come than Dak on. Prescott does. Oh come on! Not this year. This is just not their year. I am not. I am not a Derek Carr fan in general. I can <laughs> okay. actually say that. Yeah, but dude, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, to say he can't throw 200 yards is just ridiculous. I I literally don't believe that he's capable. It's not wow. even about completing the pass. I just don't know that he can that he can throw it 200 yards this year. All right, well that's a crazy statement, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a it's a little out there, definitely. Yeah. But. Um so mainly KC KC's given up insane insane yardage in the mm-hmm. passing game this year and it's just the matchup is so so good. Yeah, and Cooper should miss again. I think if Cooper plays, well, Cooper uh, might not have thirty receiving yards, anyways. But <laughs> yeah, I'm not if, worried about it. Mark. It makes it makes it a little harder if Cooper's there. He could he could have he could steal thirty seven yards from these two guys. Yeah, but yeah, I don't like. So I know it's not it's not as easy as saying look what happened last week, but. Look what happened last week, John. (laughs) (laughs) Josh McCown against the Chiefs. That was like this crazy shootout. But that's the thing is like Oakland's defense is terrible. Kansas City's defense is playing terrible. I I don't know. I think it could turn into a high-scoring back-and-forth kind of game. Last week, Jermaine Curse had 157 yards and Robbie Anderson had 107 yards. And... Jared Cook and Michael Crabtree are uh, Carr's best two weapons right now. So I think I think Crabtree's pretty much a lock for 100 yards. I think Jared Cook is kind of the the your nuts part of this. Yeah, but he's 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 gotten high volume in the past and he's in he's delivered. He already has one game over 100 yards this year. So yeah, I mean I I definitely hope that you're right on this one because I've tons of shares of both of these guys and in on my playoff teams in fact so i'd love to see this happen that just it it feels like a lot to ask of Derek carr and it feels like a lot to ask of some of the auxiliary players 
you know, Cordero Patterson had 97 yards. It, it, you know, there there are a lot of guys to spread the ball around to. So to focus in on just those two without, you know, drawing a bunch of coverage to those guys feels like a lot to ask. And also, I, I, I'm a little bit more worried about game flow, I think. I think that this could be a Marshawn Lynch game. But um, Come on, dude. That dude's done. He, he had a nice game this week. 51-yard yeah. rushing touchdown, too. So I don't know. I think I, I think love Marshawn, but I, I do too. Yeah. And I think it's getting to be the time of year where Marshawn Lynch goes beast mode and helps the the Raiders compete for this uh, for this division that's ultimately going to go to the Chargers. But um, yeah, so he had a good game last week. You said yeah. Um, I don't do you- I don't have his stats right off the top of my head, but I mean it, the main thing was a 51 yard touchdown run. Okay. Yeah. So in that game last week, Derek Carr threw for 287 yards. Oh, wow. He does have it in him. That boy. He's thrown for over 200 yards in 8 out of 11 games played this year. Hmm. Okay. Maybe he's not been quite as bad as I as I thought he was. <laughs> but he's still... He, I guess it's the touchdowns that aren't there this year the yardage is fine yeah marshawn lynch 17 carries 101 yards and a touchdown yeah two catches for 20 yards so but yeah i i i mean i still think you're nuts for several reasons but i would love to see this one happen do you would you be interested travis in hearing my bold prediction oh i thought you were gonna try to get me to bet my beard (laughs) no way dude (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm I'm not gonna make you bet on a bold prediction. That would just be messed up. <laughs> uh, All right, let's hear it. Yours is garbage, so let's hear it. Mine, mine is so good. Nathan Peterman starts for the Buffalo Bills, plays the entire game, and throws more touchdowns than interceptions. <laughs> that one easily could be one to nothing or two to this one. This is. This is the saddest bold <laughs> prediction ever. <laughs> uh, it does. It's not asking a lot of a guy who just threw five interceptions in half a game. No, I, I get it. I get it. But that's what I'm saying. Is like that's the sad part. Yeah. For this to be bold, that he throws more interceptions or throws more touchdowns than interceptions. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it could happen. I have no, I have no bearing on this situation. At so all. many people are yelling I'm, at their, at their, uh, their, their iPod, their phone, whatever, right now, saying he's nuts. Nathan Peterman is terrible, and he got ruined by the Chargers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's nuts. It's not gonna. I don't know, but it's not that nuts. He's a, he's a quarterback. A professional he could very easily... NFL quarterback. Yeah, yeah, I mean, should he be? Maybe not, but <laughs> he's also. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not super passionate about Nathan Peterman, so I can't. I don't. I don't feel really fiery right now, John. Oh, okay, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I should come up with something better. I guess something a little more inspiring. <laughs> uh, I just don't care. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that response is allowed on this podcast. 
<laughs> if it is, it shouldn't be. I want to take I this. Don't up. Care. I, I don't take care about Nathan Peterman's. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I don't think we should be allowed to say I don't care. I, I do. What happens that. to Nathan Peterman in week 14 of the 2017 season? Literally. <laughs> Does absolutely nothing for I don't I do not care <laughs> what happens right now. Bah freaking humbug. Alright. <laughs> uh alright, fair enough. You don't have to care. I'll care enough for both of us. Now that we've completely emptied Travis's bucket, let's wrap this one up and as we wrap up this episode of Super Flexible I'm going to ask you for a quick favor. Please rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening. Your ratings help us improve our content and our reach so we can involve more people in the conversation and touch on more topics that are meaningful to you, the listener. In the vein of listener interaction, send us your trades on Twitter. Our trades account is at SuperFlexTrades. We can retweet and share, getting you more votes and more more comments and more advice from around the Dynasty universe. Follow the podcast itself at SuperFlexPod, Travis at TravisNFL, James at DFF underscore Psychic, and I'm at DFF Dynasty Dude. The mothership, the Dynasty Football Factory, is at DFF underscore Dynasty, and the network of all the great DFF podcasts is at DF underscore Network. And speaking of this great stable of podcasts, check out the fantasy the fantasy football fellas for your redraft analysis from start sits to waivers to rankings and trades. The Dynasty War Zone talking dynasty values and strategies year round. The IDP Edge Crushers helping you set your IDP lineups and finding those defensive gems. The Devi Watch Podcast. Keeping you updated on all of the all of the college football scene and all of the future NFL and fantasy stars. Capology 101 talking NFL finances with all of the contract situations for all of the top NFL and fantasy players. And coming soon, the Dynasty Trades headquarters, focusing solely on trades being made in Dynasty leagues of all formats. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio, as always, for the song The Addiction, which we use as our intro and outro music. That's it for this episode, so until next week, best of luck in week one of the fantasy playoffs, week 14. Bye.